nothing tastes as good as a cup of Bahamian tea. Ah. The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations. You are listening to the podcast, Tea and Talk, presented to inform, educate, inspire, and encourage meaningful conversations on Bahamian arts and culture. My name is Robert Bain, dancer, teacher, choreographer, and someone who believes in the preservation of all things Bahamian. I am sitting down with persons of like mind to discuss the Bahamian perspective on the arts and the Bahamian way. Now, let's welcome our guest. Well, welcome back to Tea and Talk. My name is Robert Bain. And uh, would you believe it? This is our 12th episode. Can you believe it? 12. <laughs> well, before we get rocking and rolling, um, I'd like to, to give a special thank you to Jason Ferguson, um, gentleman that actually created that uh, that opening there, the music for that opening there. And then the, the music you hear underneath right now, that's the music of my brother Fred Ferguson, you know, uh, amazing musician, man, amazing. But, but before we get uh, started and we continue into part two of my discussion with Roger Johnson, there's some things that I want to, to share with you. Uh, one being, um, if you're going to Grand Bahama anytime, I would say this weekend, I guess, um, you can, uh, well, there are a couple of things happening down there. One in particular is the uh, Georgia School of Dance and Theater. Um, they're presenting a an original uh, Bahamian production called A Bahamian Tale. And this has been um, presented at the Regency Theater. Uh, this is April 28th and 29th, uh, starting at 8 p.m. And then the next showing of that is uh, April 30th at 4 p.m. And tickets are $35. $35 for the art. <laughs> okay, and the next one that we have on tap is uh, there's a production happening here in Nassau. Um, on the 27th of April, it's uh, Cross Before the Before Crown. Uh, this is an original uh, production uh, done by Virtue Dance Academy here in Nassau. It's, uh, like I said, it's on the 27th of April, and it's at 6.30 p.m. at the Sir Dervit Knowles Auditorium on Shirley Street, and tickets are $25. Yeah, I tell you, boy. And then, um, last but not least, uh, for the moment, is the uh, Shirley Hall Bass Dance Forum. Um, well, that takes place on July 27th through the 30th. Um, this is something that's been coming on uh, for a little while, actually. Um, I think during the pandemic, you know, or just just before, it was the uh, Shirley Hall Bass uh, project, which is the parent head, and you know, which is the actual organization, but the Shirley Hall Bass Project, um, they're presenting a forum, and this is July 27th to the 30th um, at the University of the Bahamas. Um, if you need more information about this uh, forum, uh, you can reach out to Dr. Faith Butler at the University of the Bahamas. Uh, this is an a packed event with 
with anything that involves dance, you need to go to this. You need to do this. This this needs to happen. You need to go and visit. If you're serious about dance, you need to visit, okay? And check it out. There's so much happening, okay? So, now let's get to the main event. And that event is my discussion with Roderick Johnson. And this is the uh, part two of my discussion with uh, Roderick Johnson, uh, Bahamian dance educator, um, dancer, choreographer, uh, dance therapist. Okay? All right. Here we go. Well, boy, I don't... I mean, like, we see it in music. Mm-hmm. We see it in football or baseball or sports. And But where is the dancer that's going to shine? Yeah. And do we want that? Do the Bahamas need that? Does the Bahamas need another Rex Nettleford or Robert Bean or Roderick Johnson? You know, I don't consider myself... Um, um, the pinnacle of bohemian dance but i know that i am a my role as a trailblazer is to pave the way for other bohemian dancers to follow mm-hmm. that's what i'm doing mm. well so bro- i look at go ahead. Oh, go ahead go ahead go so ahead. i look at myself in the in the in the in the dance arena in the bahamas from the beginning of independence i was stimulated by those artistic giants but give me the spirit to maintain my dance. I'm, my dance is maintained through the spirit of being a dancer and what the Bahamas give to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a political person all the way, but I'm not into all the Bahamas politics in terms of FNM, PLP, changing this and that. I can I study all of that in the university of a master's degree. Mm-hmm. I can dabble into people's concerns, right? Mm-hmm. But basically, I came from that bracket. Where I'm a PLP, if you want to know. Mm-hmm. I'm a grassroots person, national insurance. Mm-hmm. Until I die, maybe that's it. I'm almost dying, right? I'm at the end of, <laughs> at the end of my road. <laughs> but, you know, I don't need to go up at all. I see a lot of changes in the Bahamas, and changes have to happen mm-hmm. because generations grow. Mm-hmm. I know the generation below me and the one above me and the one I'm at now. Okay. I'm, I'm a sensible person. So, if I seem to be old-fashioned, it's not that I'm just old-fashioned. It's just that I'm staunch in what I was been given. Right. right. You understand me? Yes, Roger. I got you. Yeah, absolutely. It's not what you are, you know. <clears throat> it's really what you are made out of. So I've been made out of that bracket, that independent bracket. That makes sense, Mr. Yes. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I can only give you what I am, you know. And what happened is that basically it was dance that gave me the opportunity to come to Canada to study at Ryerson, to get formal training, and then come back to the Bahamas and share with my people. Right. So all my days in the Bahamas, my attitude was giving to the Bahamian people because independent have given me the opportunity. Right. That makes sense? Absolutely. Absolutely, Roderick. You, you have um, definitely... Um, you know, you have, you've done, you've, you've done, you've <laughs> did your thing, you know. Um, and uh, uh, I mean, it's sad that you're, you're not home. It's sad that a lot of dancers are not home, but I understand why they're not home and, and I don't blame them. Yeah. I, yeah. But um, Roger, um, but tell us, I know you've had, you've had, man, you've had a stellar career as a dancer. You have had a stellar career as a dancer. Tell us about some of the places that you have actually um, 
um, or some of the companies you have performed with. Uh, I know from time you have worked in some of the shows here in Nassau, uh, but tell us about some of the, the companies that you've actually worked with uh, in Canada and the United States. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> well, the first company I worked with would say the Joffrey Ballet in New York. Okay. That was in 1970. Mm-hmm. At that company, I was at City Center. I worked with Robert Joffrey and... Uh, Mr. Alpino at that time, because I was on scholarship at the Joffrey Ballet, mm-hmm. full scholarship. I was the first dancer to achieve the Clement E. Bell Performing Arts Scholarship. Mm-hmm. I think that scholarship is still around, but I was around and that scholarship was in the making. Mm-hmm. And because I was a dancer, they had to figure out how to give a dancer that scholarship. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. So every dancer could now get that Clement Bell scholarship because mm-hmm. Roger got it first. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was at the Joffrey Ballet. And then after the Joffrey, I was on scholarship at the Joffrey Ballet during the 1970s. And then I worked with Ballet Folk of Moscow, Idaho, in Idaho. It's a classical ballet company. Mm-hmm. Swan Lake, Giselle, all the classical dance they did. But it was a touring company. Mm-hmm. So for for the touring season, we would travel across, um, through the Pacific Northwest, you know, Seattle, Spokane, Wyoming. So I lived in that area for almost a year and a half mm-hmm. in Idaho. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I traveled with that company across Canada for two years. Mm-hmm. Then I joined another company in Montreal, La Ballet Jazz. Mm-hmm. The Ballet Jazz, a famous jazz dance company. Yeah. I auditioned for that company at the Kennedy Center when I was on tour. And I joined that company. And with that company, I did a lot of repertoires from, I can't even name all the choreographers from New York. Buzz, Martin, you name it. But I was at the Ballet Jazz. And with that company, I toured across Canada. You know, all the states, I can't even name them. Also, Paris. Rome, Italy, Greece, um, Ireland, England, Scotland, New York, Brooklyn, um, Mexico, the Alamo, Texas. I've been, you name it, you could probably say where, try to name where I didn't go. (laughs) Mm. We traveled across Mexico, Panama, um, Honduras, Bolivia, all the way down to, what's our place name now? Um, the end of South America with the, the Falkland Falkland Island mm. I'm way down there right okay down Falkland Island so way to the South Pole <laughs> okay with those companies so I was fortunate to be employed with some sound dance companies that were traveling so I would travel the world you have had a you, you've had a stellar a stellar career and uh, uh, right. it was really I have a lot of I have a lot of um, I love a lot of um, reviews and everything that I, and my portfolio is packed. I mean, when I performed, the next morning was to get a coffee and the Global Mail to, to, <laughs> to get the reviews, right? <laughs> yeah, we perform for reviews because then we the, uh, the companies were sponsored by Canada Council Performing Arts. We had lots of prominent. 
patrons, like, you know, ambassadors, patrons, but it was like, you know, international activities. I mean, so, you know, the reviews, plus, plus the companies I performed with were also competing with other companies in Canada. You know what I mean? Right. You know, you know, like Dance Theater of Harlem, not Dance Theater of Harlem, the Toronto Dance Theater, the National Ballet. There's a lot of different companies. It was a good, great time of my life during the 80s when I was a performer. Right. Okay. It's amazing. So it. the main companies I performed with was Ballet Folk of Moscow, Idaho, the Ballet Jazz, Seattle Ballet of Canada, and those are the main companies. Other than that, I was affiliated with a lot of different dance companies. Yes. The other one I was, was like Opera Atelier. I danced with an opera dance company, Opera Atelier, for maybe three years. And we performed a lot of um, European operas, you know, Modern Butterfly, La Traviata, David and Goliath, you name it, you know, mm -hmm. Agamemnon, the whole history of English history. Awesome. So I performed the opera, with an opera company also. Yeah. So as a dancer, I was uh, trained to be a versatile dancer. That's who I am. I'm a versatile dancer. So let me ask you a question, Roderick. What makes mm -hmm. you what makes you a versatile dancer? I make me what makes me a versatile dancer is because Alex Sabine, my coach, had trained me to make dance my professional, my profession to put bread and butter on my table. Mm -hmm. Also to work as a be employed. So he instilled in me to have the best classical ballet training I can possibly get. And I was always talented. No one could outdance me. Mm -hmm. I grew up with the Michael Jackson and everything. <laughs> but the way that I dance means that you know ballet, you can do jazz, you can do modern dance, you can do tap dance, you can do show any aspect of dance, you should be able to fit into the role. That's what versatile. Versatile means that, like people say, there was a triple threat. With the tile, dancer is like 10 threats. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you, do, you know, so I was trained. So I was sent to this institution where I was well trained. That's mm -hmm. the most important thing. Dancers have to go to the institution to get well trained. Once you're well trained, no one can really touch you in a way. Well, because then you can always find a job. You can always switch from jazz to ballet. And back in the day, it's like, oh, I just do ballet. Back in the day, I just, I'm a modern dancer. I'm a gram dancer. But Throughout the history of dance, these dance styles has fused with each other and have crossed paths. So if you want to survive as a dancer in New York or in L.A. or in Vegas or anywhere, you have to be able to do different type of dances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what the voice of I dance for. Uh, you, I but yeah, I, you, mentioned, you mentioned the name Alex Zabane. Tell us, tell us about Mr. Zabane. I, I, I met Mr. Zabane in the first time in 1994. That was the first time I met him when the, um, uh, the, the Ministry of Culture brought him into Nassau um, to take part right. Right, um, in a summer workshop that we did here. And uh, that year they brought Patrick Johnson as well. It was Alex and Patrick Johnson, and we did a production that had done this called Echoes of the Bahamas. And uh, he did he did some ballet called Raffalita, which was amazing. But tell us about uh, Mr. Zabin. I know they all they um 
they passed a couple of years ago, I think 2012 or something like that. But tell us about mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Zabin and his contribution to the Bahamas. Well, um, I would try to be clear and succinct. And some things I don't know and some things I know. Right. But the history of my little history of Mr. Sabine was that Mr. Sabine was a famous professional dancer at the Metropolitan Opera, Opera mm-hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. Dancing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Mr. Clem, Mr. Hubert Farrington was also at the Metropolitan Opera dancing. So they both danced at the New York at Metropolitan Opera. Hubert Farrington was more a character dancer, mm-hmm. the character roles. Alex Sabine was, of course, he did other roles like, you know, the prince and princess, that type of role. Mm-hmm. Dance, excellent. Hubert Farrington, being a bohemian in the arts, in the Bahamas, with his affiliations, whatever, with Mita Hebron, the piano player and all of that, which I don't... You meet a Cumberbatch. Meet a Cumberbatch, yes. Right. He had the, the Nassau Civic Center in Nassau. So the, there was the Nassau Civic Center and the Dundas Center. Those were the two pillars of arts in the Bahamas. Plus there were other associations, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of British associations or whatever, the arts. But Hubert Fountain knew, I think, about, he brought Alex Sabine to, to the Bahamas mm-hmm. to support the, the Nassau Civic Valley. Valley. Mm-hmm. So Alex Sabine and Hubert Fountain were partners at the Nassau Civic Valley for mm-hmm. more than maybe two, three years. Mm-hmm doing costumes, doing shows, designing the Nassau Civic Ballet stage or whatever you see there now or what they ever had. So Hubert Farrington brought Alex Sabine as a partner to the Bahamas, and they worked together. As the Bahamas grew during that time, the independence show came up. Whatever politics happened between them, they split. And Alex Sabine went into teaching at C.C. Sweden High School and some other high schools. Mm-hmm. He was embraced by the government and he started work teaching dance in the Bahamas independently. Mm-hmm. They already had his followers because of shows from Hubert Farrington and they split. So there was Hubert Farrington School and Alex Sabine School, which eventually became the new breed dancers. Okay. You understand? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you look at a group of dancers in the Bahamas, they are stemmed from Hubert Farrington. But they were probably were Alex Sabine a long time ago. And then the new great dancers were solely Alex Sabine. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Alex Sabine got the contract from the government to direct the independent show. And that was the independent show. And Hubert Farrington was included in that. Hubert Farrington was there, Shirley Hall Bass, Clement Bethel, Winston Sanders. They all were part of the independent show. But Alex Sabine had the ticket of the New Breed Dancers mm-hmm. Company. Okay. Performing okay. performing the Sammy Swing, and they all were the musicians a part of it. Right. So New Breed Dancers with a spearhead. I can't forget to mention this word, Claxton McPhee. 
and Alistair Butler, mm-hmm. just because we're talking about them, mm-hmm. that was the generation before me who were st- stimulated as dancers. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, am I asking your question? Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. This, right? is, this is... This okay, is, let this... me tell you. So, Alex Sabine was a hard-working man. He was a fabulous dancer, trainer, et cetera, et cetera. And he had, he had the vision... Alex Abed wrote the blueprint for what a national dance company and school should be up the Bahamas, along with Clement Becker and Kayla Edwards. They all had the vision. I grew up underneath sitting with them, talking about the whole vision and everything. But Alex Abed, what he had done was also had affiliation with Harkness Ballet in New York. And he prepared like, Dave Dixon, Clarkie McPhee, and Alistair Butler to go to Harkness to become better dancers. So he was always ready to send dancers to the States to make better bohemian dancers. You understand what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what he did. And um, after the independent performance, I think he left and went to Mexico where he opened his own school there. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, he also took a bohemian boy with him, you know? Um, Sylvan. What's his name? Um, Sylvan. Sylvan, Sylvan S- Store. Sylvan Store, yeah. So he wanted Sylvan Store to get the most... Sylvan Store is a professional, beautiful dancer. Mm-hmm. So that's what Alex has done. Alex has trained the newbie dancers, you know, named them all, you know what I mean? Like Vicky and Paula and... And Christine, Christine yes. and Willamie and all everybody take. Let me. Alex Sabine had a buggy. He used to drive around Nassau picking up children and taking them to dance. Bare feet, with shoes, without shoes. Mm-hmm. He was a, um, I don't know. He was a, a person who really. He was, he was down to wanted, earth. He was down to earth. Down to earth, right? Yeah. yeah he so could, everybody loved Alex Sabine. He could you sit. Mean? He could sit with anybody, right? Right. He could sit with anybody. Right. I had, you know, you you mentioned Clarkston McPhee. I I had an interesting experience. I I met Clarkston. Um, I, I'm sorry for just uh, di- uh, uh, digressing, but I um I met Clarkston McPhee many years ago. We were sitting in a theater. We went to see, I went to see a musical on Broadway. Um, I have a dream with uh, Billy D. Will uh, Billy D. Wills Will what's his name Billy, Billy D. Anyhow, that guy. All right. And um, and I was sitting. You still there? Yeah, I'm still there. I'm still there, Roderick. I'm still here. And uh, I are you still there? Are you? Yes, I'm still here. Good, good. Yeah, good. Just a few more questions, right? Yeah, I got, I got <laughs> yeah, I got one or two for you, and then we're gonna we, okay. we, we, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, yeah, and okay. I, I remember sitting in this theater, right? And uh, we were we we're waiting on the show to start, right? And so this guy and this guy and uh, this young lady sitting in in the front, and it was just so so funny that we actually got like seats one in front and one in back. And I heard this dialect, right? And I'm going like, I said to my cousin who at the time was with me, I said. Wait, that guy there, that person there, he sounds like a Bahamian. You can tell a Bahamian anywhere, right? And I said, <laughs> I said, he sounds like a Bahamian man, right? So I waited. I said, I wonder if I should just just introduce myself, right? And so finally, I got the nerve, and I, I say, hey, how you doing, guy? How you doing, man? My name is is Robert Bain, and uh, you sound like you're a Bahamian. He goes, like, Yes, I am, and and we introduced ourselves, and that's how I actually got to meet him. Oh, and wow. so yeah, so we we kind of. 
uh, stayed in contact kind of briefly. Um, and um, anyhow, it was just really, you know, now that you mentioned his name, you know, that was that's that part of that history. Yeah. yeah but, but yeah. But Roderick, um, just one, um, just uh, we're getting close to uh, to our time. Uh, this is going to be done in two parts. So um, I just want to say too, if if you want to uh, to advertise on this show on this program, you know, um, we between now and, and and August, free and free um, adverts. I can read your ad on this program, and so all you need to do is write to T and Talk. Bahamas okay. 2023 at gmail.com. So that's anybody. If, you, if there's a program happening uh, internationally or locally, just just send it to me, shoot it to me, tntalk.bahamas2023 uh, mm -hmm. at gmail.com, and I will read it for you and, and share. And also, while, while, while I have this opportunity, I still want to remind persons of the Shirley Hall Bass Dance Forum, which will take place on the 27th to the 30th um, here in Nassau, and it's going to be held at the College of the Bahamas. And if you need some information about that you can reach out to to dr faith butler at the university of the bahamas and then the other thing is if you in grand bahama this uh, at any time um say april 20 uh, 28th through the 29th uh you can go see the georgia georgia school of dance and theater at the regency theater tickets are 35 dollars and um and there's there's two two slots, two periods where they're actually having the show, the 28th and the 29th at 8 p.m. and then April 30th at 4 p.m. and the tickets are $35, all right? So, yeah, go and check out those things and stand by for the Shirley Hall Bass uh, Dance Forum that's coming up. It's supposed to be exciting. She's bringing in somebody from uh, that has um, familiarization with Catherine Dunham and a bunch of other things that's happening. So it sounds really, really exciting. But, but Roderick, before we... we um, wrap up just one thing i want to ask you um because we 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 talk about folk dancing and all this kind of things and la da da you did some research on folk dancing didn't you you did yes you, um you wrote part of your thesis or something um yes my thesis is um in a title um a collection and we creation of Bahamian traditional dances. And this could be found in the archives, right? It's in the archives. Right. It should be there. Mm -hmm. But please, I, have to, I have to go back and restate, make sure it's there, right? Right. <laughs> Things change and everyone's going to digital and everything. So that's my research. I have to go and make sure it's there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I also had a copy in the periodical at the College of the Bahamas when I was a lecturer there. Mm -hmm. I lectured at the College of the Bahamas. I designed a whole dance course for the Bahamas at the College of the Bahamas mm -hmm. for dance teachers to receive credit mm -hmm. to heighten their career as dance teachers. Well, then well, do you teachers, are you aware that there's a program now that's going on, on at, 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 the, at, at the university? Because a lot of people think that that's the first time. And I mentioned it that, no, I said Roger Johnson did that some time ago. Um, they, right. Yeah, they started, and so they they have a program. I think a three a three credit program that they are trying to eventually um, elevate to a BFA degree uh, at the university. At the College of the Bahamas. Yes, sir. I think it's a wonderful thing, and I don't see why uh, you need to. I need to really. Um, uh, I should check that out. Well, I, sh I should. I should get them to reach out to you. But anyhow, tell us. Just tell us a bit more. We have about you have about a minute to tell us about. Tell us about this this um, um, thesis that you, you, you did and... Um... Okay, my thesis in, um, when I was at York University, 
in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, the thesis was basically um, like any other thesis. I had to first research um, dances of the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. So from the folklore, from the dances I know in the Bahamas, the wake and scrape, the um, you know, heel and toe polka, um, the fire dance, um, the ring dances, the ring play dances, um, all the dances that I know that were in the Bahamas, I had to collect them, the Junkanoo dances, mm-hmm. and I had to take them to the university, and I had to put them in a lab and examine them. Mm-hmm. Examine them means that I had to research where they came from. I had to find other dances that were similar to them. I had to research where the dance and their names and the steps were found elsewhere in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. I had to look at steps that migrated from parts of Africa and ended up in Jamaica and the Bahamas. I had to do a total um, scientific analysis of these dances that were in the Bahamas. Now, the challenge I had was that because the Bahamas is a young country, it doesn't have a lot of history of the dances. So the dances that are performed there are a mixture of African steps, Bahamian Calypso, um, even European dances that were handed down or were dropped off by sailors or whatever. And the Bahamas had to own these dances. But what happened is a lot of these dances, you can find similarities around the Caribbean and in other countries, in Asia or Africa and everywhere. Mm -hmm. So these dances and these movements end up in the Bahamas because of migrations of people to the Bahamas. They were all mixed up with European and African. So, you know, the Bahamas always say, you know, the melody of Europe and the rhythm of Africa, they keep trying to find these ways to coin, these words to coin what's happening in the Bahamas. Right, mm-hmm. so they are there. I can say they are dancers, not even Bahamas dancers. They all came from people migrating to that island. Mm-hmm. However, my thesis was that the concept of acculturation. I don't know what acculturation. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. acculturation means that if these people have been doing these things for such a long time, it finally is theirs. So stop saying that this is part of British. Stop saying that this is um, the ring play from here. Stop saying that knock the Kong style. Start giving them names and saying that these steps may have derived from Africa and different parts of the world, but because these people have been doing these steps at the Dundas for so many years, and that's all they know, an acculturation process occurred. So whatever happened during that time are behemoth. So I had to defend that these dances are behemoth. Okay. Knock the Kong style, the quadrille. God, the quadrille is behemoth, right? But if you look in Europe, the quadrille have been danced throughout the the, the King's Court, Louis XVI. Every country has formation of circle dances. Mm -hmm. So what makes the behemoth dances unique? You know, the, the brown girl in the ring, you can find that different places in throughout the Caribbean too. But what makes it a behemoth dance is that 
the Bohemians been doing it for so long a time, so they take ownership of it. Okay. So that's what my defense. That makes sense. Well, it's it's we need to you and I we we need to talk about this a little bit more. But listen, yeah, um, yeah we we mm-hmm. you and I are gonna do this again. This has been a really really um, stimulating yeah, conversation. Yeah, like we're doing the right thing. Okay. Yes. Okay. But 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 I appreciate you so much. Yeah, well, I appreciate you too, my brother. You know, I always I always help. Now, you know what I want to ask you before we end the program. I always ask one 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 question to all of my guests. You know, and the question I guess it can be my time soon when somebody asks me the same same question. And the question is, what is Bahamian to you? What does Bahamian mean to you? Huh. What is Bahamian? Bahamian. Is built like all cultures on four pillars. The first pillar is the food. The second pillar is the language. The third pillar is the music, and the fourth pillar is the dance. Okay. When you look at those things; those are behemoths. Now, what happens is that those are now being diluted because a lot of influ- in- influences are happening. Because everybody wants to be on board. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that when you listen to Bohemian music and compare it with reggae or Trinidadian Island music, it is different. Mm-hmm. That's the flavor of Bohemian. When you talk to a Bohemian on the street, you can hear his Bohemian. Right now, I'm talking Bohemian to you. I ain't talking Canada. Yeah, yeah. You got, <laughs> you the, di- got the dialect going on, or, or, or as one you, of my guests call it, Gullagichi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you loosen me up, you see? So I don't sound like a Jamaican. I don't sound like a Trinidadian. I sound like a Bohemian. So I don't sound like an American. Mm-hmm. So when you start putting these voice, that's why I have to go back to university. When you start looking at the Bohemian, at their voice, tune of voice, you can hear someone who talk who is a Bohemian. Also, a Bohemian is someone who comes from um, a lineage. I mean, there must be a Bohemian blood too. When we meet someone on the street, you say, hey, you're a Bohemian? Yeah. So which island you're from? You can find Bohemian roots on all the different islands. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, yes. they may be influenced too. But what makes a Bohemian is the persons and people who really came out of that independent movement spirit too. Mm-hmm. You see, so Bohemians are someone who really is for the Bahamas, who see the Bahamas as a valid country, who um, understands that it is different from another country so if you want to know what a bohemian is you have to make comparisons okay you have to compare it with other countries then you will see how the bahamas will shine there you go my brother roger i want to thank you so much for 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 coming on tea and talk my brother and this has been this has been amazing it is so good to be talking to you and i just want you to know that i appreciate you i i i appreciate your hard work and the contribution that you've made to development of dance in this country and and uh, i hope that some point in time you can come back and and possibly do some more work on the national dance company like you did a couple of years ago uh when you choreographed the yellow bird i remember that quite uh, quite well so so (laughs) yeah yeah so we need so we we need to to hook up again and just uh and get it done and get you back in some yeah. kind of way so Roderick yeah. I want to thank you man for taking your time out yeah. on this uh, Saturday afternoon uh, mm-hmm. this Saturday afternoon and and, and uh, well like I say this podcast is coming from April. from okay. the Bahamas 
So, Roderick, until we uh, we hook up again, my brother, uh, you know, it's it was just uh, amazing to just hear you talk and and share. And I'm sure. But I plan to visit. I plan to visit Nassau Christmas. Okay. Come for Jonko, <laughs> right? Yeah, man. Cause yeah. I missed last year, you see. <laughs> ah, you did. Well, anyhow, so but I'm not in Jonko like I have been. It's just to observe, right? And to enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going into the shock and that kind of crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. And congratulations. I'm, you know, I'm a one family, two state. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. get this off, Robert. Yeah. We don't have to. <laughs> Yeah, but anyhow, you know, if you like, I said, if you wish to 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 advertise and reach out to us, you can reach me at t and talk dot bahamas twenty twenty three at gmail dot com, and I'll be happy to read your ad on this show. Thank right. you. You're listening to the podcast Tea and Talk. The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations.